Barney Bush was a Shawnee Cayuga poet, activist, educator, environmentalist. He was born in 1946 in Illinois and earned a master's of fine arts in English from the University of Idaho. He was known for his poetic works, including Left for Dead, Prisoners of the American Dream, and Songs from This Earth on Turtle's Back. As an educator, Barney Bush was instrumental in establishing Native American study programs across the nation and the Cheyenne Indian School in Oklahoma. He helped establish the Institute of the Southern Plains, a Cheyenne Indian school located in Oklahoma and helped many universities develop Native American studies programs. He taught at the Institute of American Indian and Alaska Native Culture and served as the chair of the Council of the Vineyard Indian Settlement. And sadly, Barney Bush has passed away. Both myself and Romero Funes from the Sojourner Truth team were invited by um, the Global Justice Ecology Project to the uh, climate uh, forest convergence and held in Shawnee National Forest in October of 2019. There be met Barney Bush and heard him speak and we, in, in remembrance of him, we are going to bring you now some of the message that he gave to that convergence. Three main issues here tonight. One of them is the uh, Saline Valley that is being stripped. I would like to talk about the word sociopath. I would like to talk about our uh, homelands. When I was a kid growing up here down along the Saline River, Saline River bottoms, my chums, cousins, generally all the folks around there I was related to. And uh, we had we, we were little Tarzans growing up down there. We had grapevines and we had all kinds of things that uh, uh, made us, and we had horses, and we had, uh, uh, we had a pretty good time hanging out in the hills and swinging on grapevines and, and uh, going hunting. My father and his brothers were all hunters and fishers, and that's how we got by. That's how... Uh, we fed ourselves, and we had gardens. We had large gardens. And it seems odd to me now, as a guy that's a little older than 39, I think about how the uh, uh, gardens played such an important part in our lives and, and with my grandparents and great-grandparents. And, and we all had certain crops that we raised uh, that we swapped off on when it came to drying or canning or or whatever it was that, in order to preserve the food. But one of the things that we kids got used to were the hills and the rivers and the creeks. And at that time, you could swim in the rivers, in the waters, and you could see in them, you know, you could see under the water. And uh, it wasn't long, I was about 12, 13, the strip mines moved into our part of the world over there on the Saline River. And all those familiar... Uh, hills, all those familiar uh, places where we had played and rode our horses and all of that, within three years, were gone forever, leveled forever. Everything that was a part of my kinship in growing up visually in the land was gone forever. 
And to this day, when I see those coal trucks going past my house down by Herod, even when I see the big trucks taking the last of the big grandfathers, the timber from the forest, big trees, that hurts. That hurts in a way that probably, I hate to say this, but, but probably only other natives or environmentalists can understand how that hurts, because I think that everyone here is attached somehow or another to the sanctity of the earth. There is something holy about it, and you know it. You feel it. It's in your, it's in your eyes, it's in your heart, and it's in your voice. And to just say simply that I feel this way because I'm native is not true. I feel this way because I am a human being who was raised by the forest, who was raised by the, the lightning and the thunder and the rainwater and the wind. People say that maybe sounds odd to say that you were raised that way or in proper English reared that way. No, it's not odd at all. Those were my ancestors. Those are my relatives now as we speak. They were my influences when I was a kid. Yes, we were forced into going to, when my grandfather became a Christian when I was about six years old, we had the church introduced into our lives. And that was a strange thing because it introduced a new kind of fear into our lives, a new kind of, uh, of uh, logic, a new kind of uh, uh, attachment to the colonial culture. And in my family, we were never that close to the colonial culture, although we, we protected ourselves. We protected each other as much as we could. But we still had to go to the schools. The state required it. And uh, I can say now that there was always one or two kids that were never sent to schools. There was one or two kids that always had some of the culture that, they st that stayed with them at home. There was always that element of knowing that something is wrong, with this whole culture of being, you know, from the, from the Columbus uh, uh, fantasy of, of the 14, late 1400s to the present. There's something wrong. And what's wrong is that about five years ago, I learned the word sociopath for the first time, what a sociopath truly is. And do you know that most sociopaths, as pathologists have discovered, are people who are born without a conscience. Now, wrap your heads around this. Born without a conscience. Don't forget that. Whether it's the politics, I can no longer just be angry with the man or the woman in Washington who does the kinds of things that they do, who, who uh, murders people randomly or destroys the earth. Those people are acting without conscience. People say, well, they're greedy. They're acting without conscience. They have no conscience. How do you deal with someone who doesn't have a conscience? How do you deal with that factor of human being that does not have a conscience? There was this woman who wrote a, a book called The Sociopath Next Door. Uh, Dr. Martha Stout, I believe is her name. And she estimated back then that about one in, I think, nine or one in 19 people is a sociopath. It's much more than that. She hasn't seen it from the Native American perspective. The sociopaths have been here, have come in mass since, uh, since the boatload of, of uh, Spanish Catholics and Spanish Jews came across with Columbus in 1492. 
and the great murder, as Padre de las Casas wrote in his journals, that he estimated that between the first uh, nine months of the occupation, that approximately three to eight million people lost their lives because of that, because of murder and the lack of conscience. How do you slaughter people like that? How do you murder them? How do you throw them overboard to the sharks? People in this country, in colonial countries in particular, have been throwing the indigenous people to the sharks for a long time. Have been doing that, that sort of thing to our homelands, throwing our homeland to the sharks, to the sharks of industry, to the sharks of uh, chainsaws and, and new machines that can take a forest down in just no time at all. And yes, people kill indigenous people. There's a, there's a thing in the colonial society that has this murder penchant for women. Don't ask me exactly what it is because it's without conscience when it happens. Doesn't, the person that does that, you can, you can be angry with them all you want, but you're being angry with this desk. You're being angry with the pole in the ceiling. You're being angry with chairs. You're being angry with vessels, basically, that have no conscience. And when you get home tonight, those of you who have your computers with you, look it up. You'll find different, uh, different stories of this, um, of this world without conscience. You'll find different studies that are done on these things. Primarily, it's without conscience. All righty. And um, Barney Bush, uh, Shawnee Elder, that is part of his speech from the 2019 North American Forest and Climate Convergence. The Convergence, by the way, was sponsored by the um, Global Justice Ecology Project and the Indigenous Environmental Network. Our next guest actually is from the Indigenous Environmental Network. And we know very well the role that um, Christianity and uh, Catholicism in particular uh, played with the papal bulls and more with the oppression and mass slaughter of indigenous peoples throughout the Americas. We are just going to pause now as in our tradition on Sojourner Truth to play the morning song as we remember uh, Barney Bush. It is uh, sung in uh, Dida. Um, out of the Ivory Coast um, from the album Na Afriki. Let's hear that now. (laughs) 